0: Folks, welcome back to another gastardly, takes your breath away, horrific, scary um, enzyme. You know, there's all types of oozes and slimes and ectoplasms all over the place. Um, when we dive into the mostly ghostly, uh, I, would, I don't want to say mucus, that's too gross, that's too gross of a... Of a of a, of a li- liquid bodily function you don't want to deal with. I guess there's a whole bunch of bodily functions you don't really want to deal with. But, you know, that's one thing you won't pick up the phone for is some um, bodily function that you got no use for other than the disposal. You know what I mean? Now, Before I go completely out of control, everybody turns off the show. The great Ray Booten is here with us as usual. Ray, how you doing? Not bad. How about you? i'm doing all right it's hot out there it's uh, i brought the dog out for a walk and it was treacherous got like 20 feet and i was like whoa i was ho- almost scared to go so far away from the house in case i had to run back for my life then you know i'd be able to make it in time but then you'd be catching phone calls from me from the other side that's no good um, we will, We, me and Ray have been in talks about different dimensions, bringing the show to different dimensions in the future, you know what I mean, the distant future, but um, we won't have to worry about that today, you know. So today we're going to dive into a subject that we've kind of been kicking around a little bit uh, for a good amount of time here, uh, phone calls from the dead. You know what I mean? Um, as far back as I can remember with ghostly tales and hearing ghost stories and reading and watching and listening to ghost stories, one of the most famous ones of all time was, you know, a little girl, interchangeable, could be a little girl, little boy, could be whatever. Uh this is kinda urban legendy, and you know, gets a phone call on the phone, picks up the phone and uh is having a blast, giggling, you know, having good times on the phone, gets off the phone, the parent goes Who were you talking to on the phone? And they said, I was talking to Grandma. Now, regularly that wouldn't be an issue, but Grandma died three years ago. So it's kind of an issue, you know what I mean? Um, And it's very creepy stuff, you know. When did you first kind of get into, you know, paranormal reaching out through the phone, right? Because I know it's a very common thing being energy and electricity and such. It's probably going all the way back to the beginning of time. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody once found out that the the way that the telephone was created was via somebody trying to contact the other side. You know what I mean? Um, and they just threw the telephone deal on top of it because it was more marketable. It was a failed attempt. They couldn't quite reach the other side, but you, you could reach your grandmother if she was living, you know what I mean, at that point. So uh, where do you think the importance lays within cellular service and, you know, telephone talking and the paranormal?
1: Well, when you talk about the paranormal, we often talk about uh, energy. Yeah. So if a spirit's trying to manifest, it's going to use an energy source and the phone itself carries energy. So gonna manipulate that energy to make that communication
0: yeah no I've never had any phone calls from the dead unfortunately I've had you know phone calls you pick up and nobody's there but that that doesn't exactly mean it's paranormal it just could be somebody to pay their bill have you ever encountered any paranormal dealings over the phone uh
1: phone calls no I had my phone hijacked once by a spirit and had oh really actually- Well, that time uh, when we met up in the Bridgewater Triangle, I was driving home and set the GPS. Yep. Kept on trying to put me back in the triangle, turned the GPS off, phone off, powered it off, everything. Kept on coming back and on and telling me to turn around. And when I finally got home, nothing would work. Had to do rituals to kind of exercise and get rid of whatever was in there. But something attached to the energy in that phone. And uh, just wouldn't let it go. Tricky behavior. I know one time, it it wasn't a phone, but uh, it's not really electronic. Someone passed that I respected, knew, and, and really liked. And the place I used to live, it had a front porch. And the windows in the front of the house came out so you could stand in the main one. And Mm -hmm. if you looked out the two side windows, you could see the porch in the yard. And uh, across the street was a street lamp. And uh, let's see. Yeah, it was uh, in the house. Someone rang the doorbell, went to the front, looked out the window. No one's there. Went outside. No one's there. Walking away. Doorbell rings. Boom. Right to the front. No one there. That happened three times until it it finally stopped so it's not the same as a phone but they were using a device the doorbell itself to try and send a message
0: yeah yeah i didn't have um i don't th- i can't recall any phone anything really crazy happening on the phone with me but i remember around the time when we started the show i don't know if ray remembers but i was downstairs in the old office and i was listening to new records as i like to do and a record finished and you know, uh, it, you know, it, it readjusted itself but it didn't start playing again, but it kind of stopped, stopped playing, but the speaker was still on. And, uh, I, it just, there was nothing, nothing. And then all of a sudden it, it played maybe five to 10 seconds. It was real quick. <laughs> it was like older music played for a little bit and, uh, it's one of those things when you're when you're in the presence of the paranormal, it's it doesn't seem real, even though it's real. When you're seeing it go down, you go, well, that can't be what I think it is. You know what I mean? And then there's really no. I didn't hear any voices through it. Uh, that would have been creepy. I, if I remember correctly, it was just um, it was just some older music. Now, anybody listens, to, I have talked about this before. So, like, when it happened, I think that episode is when, when I talked about it. So, there, uh, if any big fans out there floating around, go find the episode and re- refresh me because I wouldn't mind hearing that story again in the, uh, in the moment as you will.
1: Uh, well, w- one thing to keep in mind when you're playing a record player, you you're, you're- and uh, you've got the electricity, the energy running through it, the energy running through the uh, to the speaker.
0: Hmm.
1: So you've got an energy source for a spirit to manifest. Yeah, that's the same. That's the same as a phone, another energy source.
0: You know, I, often we'll have little issues with the computer, which I think is kind of paranormal <laughs> in certain situations. You know, we've had situations where we've talked about something that maybe we shouldn't have been talking about, and, the, you know, the the audio got a little shaky, either d- during where we could notice it or when I went back and listened to it, and, you know, the voice of whoever is talking cuts in and out or whatever. On our last episode, you know, I think when we were talking with Jess from the Dead Kids at Derry, um it got pretty... I know the conversation got pretty... uh it got pretty close to home, I think, when we we're talking about loved ones past and talking about how they're still here for you. And I think there was even, um, somebody asked for signs or so, you know what I mean? And, uh, I, you know, there's some, there's a the, the audio gets a little shaky around that, those parts, you know, anybody you can go take a listen for yourself. But, uh, I really think, I really think there's something up with that, you know what I mean? Oh, I, I I
1: agree. I mean, you've all of the electronics that are being used for, uh, to record it and everything. If uh, someone is trying to communicate and they're using that energy, it may not come clear, uh, come through clearly to us. But it may just show up as an interruption or or glitches. I can remember, uh, yeah, hearing that and also seeing that in the video. And it's kind of like, okay, something's going on here. Someone wants to come through. Yeah. It's also uh, a fairly common thing now that people have realized that is they have these small energy generators they bring with them on ghost hunts. Yeah. So that, so that they can increase the energy in a room to make it easier for something to manifest to come through. And that, that to me, again, that falls perfectly in line with their phone being an energy source. The ghost boxes and such. Those boxes, some they have these standalone things. They don't do anything. They just kind of give off a small electronic uh, uh, electrical feel mm-hmm. so that it provides energy and then they attempt the communication after that by raising the energy level in the room. Hopefully they'll give the spirit or whatever wants to wants to communicate enough energy to be able to come through from the other side.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that for sure. Though. So in today's episode, we're going to kind of get into some ghost calls from the dead, which is, uh, you know, I don't know. So maybe you'd want to hear it. Maybe you wouldn't want to hear it. I guess it all depends on who it was from. But me, I'm I'm very skeptical with things. So if I was to get a phone call from somebody who was deceased, I don't think I would know. Ne- my first instinct wouldn't be to think that it was actually them. You know what I mean. My my first instinct would to think it was tr- something trying to trick me. You know what I mean. How about you, Ray?
1: Well, suppose it's the voice. Suppose you recognize the voice, the speech speech pattern, and let's say it's someone like uh, a mother or a father or something. Like my mother had a nickname for me that I think only one other person in my family still knows, and I never liked. So, uh, no one dared use it except her. Yes. I mean, if, yeah, no. if, her, if her voice came through and it had the same speech pattern in the voice and she suddenly used that nickname on me, it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute. No, 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 wait a minute. Yeah, this is real. So you, it's going to go by the evidence of what they say, how they say it, the voice and everything.
0: I'm, Yeah, I might accept it right off the bat. I see it as possible. I believe I called you that name one time and you gave me the stone cold stunner, middle fingers and all, you know what I mean? It hurt. I'll I'll never forget that. But uh, we'll dive into some, some ghost calls here. We got, you know, we got some stories from people and we'll have our, you know, our regular old discussion into the venture, you know. So uh, we want to start with September 12th, 2008, you know, 4.23 p.m. A Metrolink commuter rail train with 225 aboard slams into a Union Pacific freight train on the winding route in Chatsworth. It left 24 people dead and almost 150 injured. Now, one of those who died in that horrible accident was Charles Peck. Medical examination of his body showed that he had died quickly after the, uh, the collision. Almost instantaneously, which is the preferred route I feel in that situation, but for hours after his death, his family received a total of thirty five calls from his cell phone at nine o eight p m nearly five hours after the crash. Peck's fiance Andrea Katz received one of those calls. But when she answered, all she heard was static, despite hearing nothing from the other side. She told him to hang on and that help was on the way. Whenever they tried to call him back, all the calls were routed to the voicemail. When the rescue efforts stopped at the scene and the rescue workers turned to the grim task of recovering another call from his phone, and the search crews decided to trace it. They found it had come from the first train, so they went back to scour the rubble in hopes of finding him alive. The last phone call came from Charles Peck's phone at 3.28 a.m., almost an hour before they found his lifeless body, this is a phenomenon in which people literally receive phone calls from the dead. Um, You know, right now, what do you take from that, that story right there?
1: Um, I think that's possible when you have an accident like that and you have that many people die (coughs) in a short, short period of time Um, for an instant, that person could have been thinking about their family. There's a lot of energy and a lot of souls released. At that time, and it, that energy or his energy reaching out went into the form that uh, he would have. I mean, in a situation like that, what would the person do? They'd call on the phone if they were trapped and they had it, etc. So that possibility, that energy, the the trauma, the crash, that person last thought is thinking about family and loved ones. Um, I think that, yeah, that could have happened, especially when you start looking at, um, the, if they're tracing calls and the calls were after he was dead, that kind of says, okay, yep. He was his last thoughts were his family. And that just kind of manifested and the phone was there and the energy was there. And that's, that's how it went out.
0: Yeah. I mean, you assume that the will within somebody and the want and the desire to be able to talk to those loved ones one last time is what would linger. You know what I mean? That's what would manifest something like that. That's that's heavy. You know, we talk about these curses or whatever, or, or someone who's murdered and the, the, you know, the will not to believe that they're dead while they stick around or with like, you know, people that are angry at other people, you know what I mean? Like that, that hatred within them keeps, keeps them around. The, the utter despair of wanting to say goodbye, you know what I mean? I think that is just as powerful as the other failings, you know.
1: I I, I agree on that. I mean, you mentioned curses. There are people who have been dying that curse somebody. And then you look at all the people that were there that later on died in a short period of time. Mm. It's that what I call that death energy, that manifestation while they're dying. If it's positive, it might be the phone call. If it's negative, it's the curse.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's really grim stuff, you know what I mean? It's, I remember we, there was an episode of Behold the Pill podcast, uh, about 9-11 and, um, going back just to kind of do research back on it and, you know, the ordeal and stuff. And I remember we talked on the show about how, um, you know, how like it's dark, like it's like, don't go like all those, you can, you can go listen to those, the the last phone calls from people. And I know we even joked around that it was just way too dark to do. And I remember like after and post-production of the episode, I don't know. I just found myself kind of drawn to it. And it was like, I went, I listened to it and it was just awful completely. It's as awful as you'd think it would be. I don't know what pulled me in, but it was just like, I don't know. I feel like if people had to live it, like, The least we could do, I guess, you know, would be kind of hear about, I guess. Or like, it's like a weird deal. But uh, yeah, I don't recommend. Very sad stuff. The last phone calls are, I feel like these phone calls we're talking about this evening are more positive than those type last phone calls, you know. Now, when it comes to ghostly phone calls, though, and the people that get them, there is kind of, you know, when the, this is the vibe that they get from it. They say that, like, when the more, when the phone rings, you know, it, it sounded a bit flat and abnormal. Now, with that, it makes me feel like the whole thing's not really real, like it might be in their head, which you could bring into the discussion of, is this just something that maybe they, they linked in, you know, psychically almost, and it wasn't even in the physical world, and they just thought they heard this stuff which is still a connection between the paranormal and, you know, the living. But usually the connection is uh, bad. The voices of the deceased fades eventually. uh, And the voice is recognizable. However, it usually speaks familiar or pet names or words. Uh, That's how it kind of lets you know what's up. The phone call is terminated abruptly, either by the caller or the line going dead. If the voice is too faint the recipient may hang up on in frustration yeah i think that there'd be a lot of hanging up going on the frustration of thinking someone's pranking you of scared of what it could be scared that some stranger pranking you is scaring you you know what i mean uh that could be frustrating you know a lot goes into it now supposedly if the recipient knows the caller id uh is, is, he, they're deceased. He or she may enter a state of shock and hang up immediately. Um, <clears throat> which I probably would, but I know Ray would hang on the phone to see what's up. Now, if the recipient does not know that the caller is dead, he or she may talk as long as 30 minutes. <clears throat> that would take a lot of energy, I would assume, from the, from the deceased. Now, usually such calls occur within 20, uh, 24 hours after the caller's death although some calls have been reported as long as two years from the time of death. that's That uh, must have been something important to tell them. They left the stove on or something, you know. Uh, generally, the purpose of such mysterious calls seemed to leave a farewell message or warning of an impending danger or information needed by the living. Actress Ida Lupino, who I've never heard of, received a phone call from her father six months after his death. He told her the whereabouts of some papers to settle his estate. Uh, he also said that he changed his mind about everything, and he wanted her to have everything. Now, no phone calls. Do you want to comment anything on that stuff?
1: No, um, I pretty much agree with, agree with what you said. Someone might hang up out of shock. They don't yeah. believe it. They're afraid of what's happening. Yeah, I, I can see that. As far as the dead reaching out to try and help somebody, give them information or comfort them,
0: I can see that also. Yeah, it's, all, it's pretty basic stuff when we're talking about communicating with the dead. You know what I mean? Sometimes, like in the case of Peck, our, our friend from before, the family receives a phone call from the phone of the deceased. Uh, it could come from a cell or a landline in the deceased inhabited home. Other times, just uh, before the terminally ill patient dies, they receive a phone call from a long departed loved one. And many, which, you know, I want, you know, you could also throw in that you say that there's, when you're about to die, there could be something going on in your head that we don't know about because we, we haven't been there yet. But people that have gotten close, uh, like myself and Ray, have become close to death. So I think, and I do think that plays a fact, uh, plays part. In the big puzzle. Now, in many instances, the numbers had even been disconnected, but they still appeared on the caller ID, Ray. Every time the living picks up the phone, all they hear on the other end is static. There have been instances of those who received the calls recording them only to find voices in the recording that were not uh, perceptible to the human ear at the time, which is some craziness. We have two tales of that, which we're about to drop but when i was reading this a little earlier it reminded me i believe we all, we we talked about a story uh and if we didn't talk about it it's very well known out there of the gentleman that you know stopped his car to um to help somebody out and then you know they they kind of get traced back they follow him back type deal there was a famous story about the, getting followed back and them getting like weird calls and it was like something about them trying to tell their family something. But I kind of blew that one. I, I think I messed that up a little bit, but we'll leave it in for the true fans. But here are two tales that go along with what I was just talking about before I lost my mind. Mark Prebost had lived a good long life and, had co- out and how, ugh, outlived most of his family and friends tragically he had outlived many of his children as well and reaching the ripe old age of 93 when he was diagnosed with prostate cancer he took it with a grain of salt he would often say he lived longer than he would ever have thought but still he would miss his family he especially loved the parties because he'd cut a rug like nobody's business now the disease ravaged the elderly man and the pain was severe and constant His elderly daughter and her children took care of him and his home, rotating the times they stayed with him until the cancer that had spread through his body finally took his life one cold October day. The daughter was relieved since her elderly father had gone through so much pain in the last few months, and even though she did not believe in an afterlife, she comforted herself with the fact that he was no longer suffering. His funeral was sparse. Since he, uh, he had very few friends and relatives left alive. And after the funeral, those who did attend went to the daughter's house for a memorial service and dinner. As the night wore on, they kept getting phone calls with dead air. Finally, the daughter noticed the caller ID. The calls were crum- coming from her father's house. The calls were coming from upstairs. Uh, there was no one there. She had the keys. They received a few more calls during the evening, and she let the answering machine pick them up. Now, the next day, out of curiosity, she reviewed the two phone calls uh, that the machine had recorded. She heard on the tape the faint voice of her father saying, It's okay, Margie. I'm okay. And your mama is with me. All is good. Like so many EVPs, the speech is faint and hard to hear. But Marge was sure of what she heard her father was trying to say goodbye and letting her know that he still existed in some form a form that was safe happy and with the and with the wife that he had loved uh, and lost so many years ago very sweet now it did not look good for lisa the teenager that had gone through years of treatment uh and anguish uh, over the chemotherapy seemed uh pff. now this is the diff- this is the next story before we pop into that, what's your take on the, that, that first story, Ray?
1: Um, I think if you have like a funeral and family they're thinking about, they're generating their own thoughts and energy. And you have a concerned parent that wants to comfort the daughter um, using the phone. And like it even mentions an EVP, we use phones now to get EVPs. Um, the father was using something which, uh, was available and energy collecting it to make sure that his daughter knew it was all right. I think to me, that's, that could very much be real.
0: I think the people that believe in the paranormal before they die have some type of, um, foot up in the race with, uh, in the afterlife, maybe more energy or, uh,
1: they might. I'm not. I'm saying that uh, that's not a guarantee. Yeah. I, I would tend to think that uh, someone maybe who is more spiritual or accepting of death uh, being a final out- outcome in this life would probably be able to better communicate. Or if the other thing would be, it can simply be someone who has a strong connection here and like that father wanted to reassure people that they want to make sure that child or that loved one knows that everything's okay. And that their strength and their will is strong enough that they manipulate the energy to let them know.
0: Yeah. I'm with you. Now the next story, you know, did not look it good, good Felisa, Lisa. Uh, the teenager had gone through years of treatment, but the anguish of the chemotherapy seemed to be all for naught. Leukemia had finally overwhelmed her body and she was in the last days of her short young life. This is horrific. Her father sat in the vigil beside her, holding her hand and wiping her brow as she sweat while the final battle raged within her fragile body. That was descriptive. You never hear that about the sweat from the the, the fight going on inside. That was deep. Her mother had passed a few uh, years earlier in a horrific car crash. In those last days, her father sat by powerless as Lisa cried out for her mother. It was a real dude. Much love to her father. He's going through some shit. Uh, He tried to comfort her, but it seemed that his presence, even though ever caring, was not enough. As the father sat with her on her last night with the nurse by her side, the phone rang. He left Lisa alone with the nurse for a few moments to answer it. But on the other side, there was a large amount of static. He thought for a second that uh, that through the static he had heard a woman's voice say something, but it was uh, indismissible. After he turned the phone off, he checked the caller ID to see who it was, who had called. The answer stopped him in his tracks. The phone number was that of his house five years ago. The number had been long gone disconnected. Right after the death of his wife, he tried to call Back, but got the familiar robotic woman's voice advising him that the number was indeed no longer in service. Immediately, he was called back into the room by the nurse. His daughter was passing. She died within a few minutes of the mysterious phone call. A phone call that he still believes was made by his long deceased wife, and upon reflection, he is sure the faint words he had heard through the static had said, She will be safe with me. I don't know, man. I feel I get a vibe like that probably. Don't you think the mother would want him to be with her when she passed? Type deal. Don't want to be alone. Or I guess you could say the mother knew knew that maybe he wouldn't have returned from that. He already dealt with the, the passing of the wife, which was horrendous, I'm sure, on him and the passing of the daughter uh, is horrendous. You know, much love to this gentleman and all the gentlemen and gentlewomen out there that have to deal with this stuff. That's no, that's, like, horrible stuff. It's unfair. It's unjust. And uh, mostly ghostly sons, all I love to y'all. But uh, what's your take on that? You think that there's a possibility that there could have been something else call trying to call through or... It's like, why? I don't know. It's, it's interesting. It's like, why would something else want to do that? And then why would they do it? You know what I mean? Which are two different I, questions.
1: Yeah, yeah I, think, I tend to think in that case, it would probably be the mother. If you take, uh, he was obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, would obviously be upset loss about the loss of his wife. Um, he has to watch his daughter suffer for, for a long time with the illness. Uh, she's getting in her last moments and calling out to the mother. I mean, that is, and he's been the one taking care of her since. He sees her pain. He's got his pain. He's watching a daughter, a child with his die. And he's probably going a little crazy. Uh, not probably. He is going, he's going a little crazy, there. That is major trauma and just the simple words that she's all right with me tells him that his wife's okay and the daughter's okay those simple words kind of puts puts him Ken once he accepts it puts him at rest because he'll also know he'll be joining them someday so it's it's a it's a spirit of somebody in love trying to comfort somebody
0: who's suffering i think he joined them a couple of days later actually Unfortunately, you know what I mean. Um, no, I don't know. It doesn't say that. That's a that's a tough hand to be dealt, man. Uh, so I give the dude big kudos and, and louve. But yeah, it's a little. I just find it a little weird. I mean, the only the only explanation would be the fact that he wouldn't have been able to handle it. You know what I mean? But I supposedly he got back there in time. I don't know. I feel uh, it is comforting. I guess I could see it being comforting because. You know, you'd think, well, okay, it's not the end, and there will be, we'll all be together again one day, type deal. And there's definitely comfort in that, you know. I always feel bad for folks that that lose loved ones that don't exactly believe in anything. You know what I mean? Because then it's like, when when if you if you believe in nothing, like the idea that when they're gone, they're absent; that they're gone. When they're gone, they're just becoming. You know, a teardrop in the blackness and you'll never see him again. You'll never talk to him again. That's kind of a hopeless, bleak look at it, at least with like an afterlife vibe to it. It's like, it's going to be very unfortunate that they're not going to be around and it's going to be very sad, but at least one day, you know, you know that you're going to, you'll be reunited again type deal.
1: Well, I, I, and I realize that it may be a play on words and I'm not joking, but if he reached that state of desperation where everything was, he wasn't believing in anything anymore and he was just locked into that trauma, Um what he got on the phone as far as being aware that there is more and everything will be all, all right was his wake-up call. Kind of in a comforting way, it's kind of like, wake up, hello, she's going to be all right. I'm all right. We'll all be together someday.
0: Yeah. You know, situations like that, humans are weird. You know, he could have, who's to say what actually happened with him after the fact? He could have been so angry. You know, people can deny things and just, you know, they could make you, they could start believing the sky's not really blue. The sun's not really hot. If they they hate the idea of it being blue and hot, you know what I mean? They can really start to change it, so... Who's to say where he went with it. Hopefully he went in a good place with it. Cause like I said, very traumatic stuff. Um, very, very sad stuff. You know, you almost feel like if, if somebody was to tell you that he'd might, he'd almost be in a hurry. You feel like you'd almost get, he'd be in a hurry to be back with them. Um. But I guess at that point, it would dive into what his beliefs on that are. You know, different people have different beliefs uh, on how that situation is handled. You know what I mean? But it's one of those things, man. So as we approach the end of this vicious cycle that we call uh, life, you know what I mean? We have the phone ringing, and we pick that phone up, and we hear the static, Through the static, a very, very distant whisper. And that whisper goes, mostly ghostly. What do you think by the end of this episode is the reality of the paranormal? The other side calling you via the telephone. And then the phone went dead. and There was nobody on the line. It was just me and Ray left in an empty studio looking at each other. And I looked at Ray. For I glanced at him twice, gave him a double take, and I said, "Ray, what do you think about this stuff?" And this is what Ray told me.
1: You want the answer now?
0: Ah, uh, yeah. You want? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into the? Before we get those are all the stories that we had. Oh, okay. That, we didn't get too deep into it.
1: Okay. I mean, if if you're talking about I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone who's communicated with those in spirit. Yeah, someone who sure. had their own near-death experience, died and came back. Um, if someone starts talking about everything being dark and there's nothing there, it's, I know it's not that way. I would, I would see a phone call as something encouraging. I would see any, any sort of communication. Uh, particularly through electronics, because that's the easiest way. We recognize it. They can use the energy. I would say, uh, no, there, there, there's there's no darkness. Um, I'm not concerned with static. Uh, I'd say that they're reaching out in the best way they can at that time to let us know it's okay.
0: Some people would say technology is evil, Uh You know, and it's almost like playing God. You have all these capabilities at your fingertips. What's your take on that?
1: Um, I think we can misuse technology. and We've also become too dependent on it uh, for everything. I like to, um, as you know, I have a small place out, out back where I live. I like to leave all the technology in the house. And I will go out back there and particularly during this season right now, uh, all the trees are filled in the plants. There's a few flowers out there. I watched the rabbits play. The squirrels come through. Um, last week, I was watching deer go up and down the river and stuff. And they'll, they'll like stop and look up. And it's kind of like, okay, technology's fine, but nothing beats nature. And not, nothing beats that simple being in the moment. So technology is a convenience that I hope I don't become too, too dependent on. I mean, granted, it's great for something for mostly ghostly.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's, and I'm glad we have technology and air conditioners. <laughs> for sure. But, uh, it is It is definitely not something which uh, I'm going to be hooked up on. It's just one more thing. And I always like to go back to the basics. We're part of nature. We're part of creation. We're will pass in this life, and then our spirit will continue on in, a, in another existence in a glorious universe.
0: Yeah. No, I'm with you for shizzle. Now, you know our boy, uh, Alexander Graham Bell, when he designed the phone way back when, do you think that that could have been seen as some type of witchcraft or magical sorcery, the fact that you can communicate, or you think they were way, 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 way past all that stuff by then?
1: No, I, I don't think they're, they're way past, they were way past that stuff. There are people even now in, uh, with certain belief systems that think that uh, technology is evil and it feeds evil. Uh, now, I think and if you were to introduce it to, uh, let's say, you find some Aboriginal culture that's been hardly touched by uh, so-called civilized worlds and you show them technology, they're going to think it's magic. Mm. They, might think it's, they might think it's the devil or evil. But, That's where and yeah. they they can make, make the mistake and say, "Wow, you can do this," and they stop worshipping you. And your That's, tech and your technology like that is
0: bad. Right. That's where I was trying to go with a little bit where if it was to be perceived as the devil type vibe, you know, maybe that kind, of, you know, we've talked about, you know, uh the manifestations, you know, where you can kind of believing in In worshiping something gives it powers and can make it into existence. Even if it originally wasn't there, you could almost, it could be, it could be portal. I mean, it's a, the telephone's a portal in itself, but it could almost be a type of paranormal portal of things jumping back and forth. Uh, You know what I
1: mean? I I agree. I mean, uh, it's an energy portal. That's how we use it. I can use it to communicate. We can use it to Facebook. We can use it to listen to things. But that doesn't mean that potential for something to come through or something to manipulate it isn't there. It is. Yeah. And we've got to be careful.
0: 1876, uh, the patent for the phone. That's what Grembel did. it. Before the Menzetti, a dude named Manzetti had the idea as early as 1844, but he didn't catch. He must not have had the funds to, to do the whole deal. It's a rich man's game, as you know. Yep. You know. But yeah, I, I vibe with it. I think with this, with the way that spirits uh, travel through energy and such, and the phone—you know—the the phone's a very important piece of technology. Like that's gra- like earth-shattering, groundbreaking stuff. I mean, realistically, think about a world without a phone in it um, for many reasons, not just your regular everyday. You know, making things easier for you, not having to go find a payphone type vibe. You know what I mean. Um, you know, but to not have phones at all, the communication that wouldn't be there, it would be something. Um, so, I think a lot of power is in in that stuff, and just the, the power of you know, there's a positive energy to it that would come from all the good conversations people have. You know people getting the calls for the holidays and happy birthdays and just catch it up to see how you're doing. There's that positive stuff. There's also those bad calls of crazy, significant others. And I'm going to kill you. And uh, the bank telling you, you you no longer live in your house, but we have a nice cardboard box for you and your family to move into. You know, a lot of negative stuff goes over the phone as well. Um, So like there, there is, there's a lot of emotion in there you know, of all ages, you know what I mean? So I definitely get down with the idea that things would communicate. I mean, we communicate through it, and it's probably the most easiest way to communicate the phone, if you really think about it. You know, their energy, they just do a direct line right to it. It really is like a direct line. You just pick up the phone and you're there. And I know on the show uh, in the past, we've talked about whether or not we think that the, you know, culture in the world would ever get to a place and technology would ever get to a place where like a ghost box or a phone that goes to the other side is as, you know, common in a household as a toaster. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a big question mark on that, you know, and who's to say, you know, it could lean in, it could lean in and come become a major thing, you know, seriously, or even as a joke, I feel, but still, like you take like Ouija boards and things that they kind of take as a joke that have those real spiritual elements to them. I could almost see a spirit box would be in your house, would being a common thing where, you know, if, if culture got more spiritual, you know what I mean? I know we always talk about the difference between religion and spirituality. There's a very thick line there. You know what I mean? Um, people well, if
1: If you're talking about having a spirit box in there and going,
0: oh, what was that?
1: Wait a minute. Uh, I'm going to talk to grandma. She may have passed 20 years ago, but I'm going to talk to grandma. I forgot what her favorite recipe was. You know, I I mean, that's that that'd be kind of crazy to me. But you also have to realize um, I forgot what they called them, but they used to have with the landlines only a thing where you had a shared line. Yeah. Like, you pick up to see who it was, and it might be for another family, or like, more than one family was on a line.
0: Yeah.
1: And the phone, the phones were in the house, and you did that. So, to me, I'm taking a look at that. And, yeah, as a kid, I did not grow up, rude to a phone. As a matter of fact, I never used it. The parents used it. With me, it was interacting with people and nature and everything, particularly with the small town I grew up in. So, I watched the technology. I take a look at it, I find it fascinating, I see its potential, I see some downside for its influence and control on people, but I think the basis of that phone being a good means, a convenient means of communication, and since it's an energy source, and we do EVPs and everything else with it, I think that, yeah, that communication can extend into the spirit world, whether we attempt to initiate it by trying an EVP, or whether they attempt to contact us by giving us a ring and a message.
0: Yeah. I believe that uh, in the future, your ghost box will be built into your Comcast bill and you'll get your cable, your internet, your regular phone, and your ghost phone. Okay. And I do think that you'll be able to, you'll, you'll, you go in there and if you want to talk to your grandmother, you punch something in now, it might not be your grandmother. You know, I think there's some some dark artsy type stuff is where it'll get taken. Um, you know, in the old when you want to get real, behold a pale podcasty and say that the devil's running the world, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, I would vibe with that uh, in the sense of that because you know you, you look at you look at like how like fake mediums, people that are faking the funk. That's a big market. You know what I mean? There's a big market for that. And I think the next step of that would be, you know, almost a, f- a ghost box where it's just kind of like you'd pay, you pay whatever and, uh, you know, you'd, die, you'd you would punch in however it would be. It, it, my guess is it would be, it would be very, it'd be something very, some like this the symbols in it and the layout of it would be would be straight up demonic, I'm sure. It'd be straight like to the devil. The devil has that imagery tattooed on his back type stuff. It'd be one of those things where there'd be like no buttons, it'd just be something you pick up a receiver, and you would probably have to drop the line, like open the line up, and then you would probably have to say something, which is darkness, or if you push a button, whatever would it would say It for you so you don't have to do the spell and it would open up some type of portal and you would at that point talk to whatever came through and they'd probably have people kind of watching it like operators and if you got in touch with something too dark it would probably try and shut the system down or something like that like disconnect them it's very weird i could see something like that in the future though the spiritual thing's never gonna go away and there'll always be people pursuing and whenever anybody pursues anything and there's interest in anything, there's always gonna be a business there. And when you think of like the future of the business game of the paranormal world, like that's gotta be it. Like there's certain things the same way like a TV almost where you go into like a closet that's all blacked out, you have a mirror or a TV. Or something in there and again you do some type of spell or something you know what i mean you you say something and then you whoever you want to talk to is in the other end of that mirror or something you know what i mean and uh i definitely can see it going there you know it might not be the biggest craze where every household in the world is rocking them uh you know what i mean but i do i could see it you know, the same way that like virtual reality, like a lot of people got those, the, the, the VR systems in their house. Not everybody, but a good amount of them people, you know, for entertainment type deal. It, it could be very, very close to an entertainment. It could come in in the form of a video game, folks. <laughs> you know what I mean? That could be the future. It's, uh, and then it's opening up, you know, Pandora's box doing stuff you don't want to deal with. Uh, and with the video game aspect of it, that's like, that's almost scary to think about because it, it almost makes sense, you know. Well, some of it, uh, in a sense, has already
1: arrived. I was speaking yeah. to someone the other, other day that uses, um, they have these things where you can use, like, white noise to relax and help you sleep. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, supposed, it's supposed to be a certain, like, what was it, milli, megahertz or whatever, and it's a very mild noise. It's supposed to just kind of, like, relax you. And they used it for a while and it was working well until probably about three weeks ago. One time they were over there and they just like chilling to it, going to get to sleep, and suddenly a voice comes through. Yeah. And it's kind of like, okay, what are they opening up with that supposedly harmless, comforting white noise there? Yeah. What's, really, what's really in there or what door is it opening
0: Some scary stuff. Now, do you know that? Did you know that in the original trials of a phone, there was a water microphone? I didn't know that. Yeah, Alicia Gray recognized the lack of fidelity of the make-break transmitter of Reese and Borsell, and reasoned by an, an analogy uh, with the lovers' telegraph, uh, which the lovers' telegraph uh, is a type of acoustic non-electrical speech transmitting device the best way to kind of give you an example of what lover's telegraph is is the old as kids when you had the two dixie cups in the string ah. that's what that is now that if the current could be made uh, to more closely model the movements of the diaphragm rather than simply opening and closing the circuit greater fidelity might be achieved great Filed a patent caveat with the U.S. Patent Office on February 14, 1876, for a liquid microphone. The device used a metal needle or a rod that was placed just barely into a liquid conductor, such as an, a water acid mixture. In response to the need, the acid to burn up the bad spirits. In response to the di, uh, diaphragm's vibrations, the needle dipped more or less into the liquid. Varying the electrical resistance and thus the current passing through the device and on the receiver. Gray Gray did not convert his uh, caveat into a patent application until after the caveat had expired and hence left the field open to Bell. When Gray applied for the patent for the variable uh, resistance telephone transmitter, the patent office determined while Gray was undoubtedly the first to conceive of and disclose. Um, the invention as in the caveat of the 14, the you know, 1876, his failure to take any action amounting to completion until others had demonstrated the utility of the invention deprives him of the right to have it considered. So that sucks. But with him, you yeah. know, with, yeah.
1: No, I agree. That sucks.
0: With the water deal. We know how important water is with the paranormal too. It's like a mirror in itself. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I think by the end of this, we've all come to the agreement that the mostly ghostly show that, yeah, I think there's definitely, I think definitely that this is possible. And that these are real accounts. And, you know, I, I really can't think of a better way for um, people from the other side to actually make contact for to people. You know, outside of them having the abilities to kind of contact, you know, telepathically or whatever, and just kind of appear, I think this is your, 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 for your typical, uh, you know, Joe Blow, anybody, uh, who may not even be a believer or anything. I think this is probably the best way to communicate with that person through electricity. Um, you know, like I said, the thing with the record player, I think like, you know, I think, Through electricity like that in this in the phone deal, you know what I mean, is uh it's pretty heavy, you know what I mean? Or through the TV like poltergeist. Very creepy stuff. Poltergeist is PG and horrifying. Um, so ET phone home, you know what I mean? That's a little less horrifying for you. Both PG. So you gotta figure out which one works. You know, partly ghostly or the paranormal gang. That's how he does it. Do you want to say anything in closing on, you know, haunted airwaves? Uh,
1: two two things. One is that yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's a convenient energy source. It's hook. And the other thing is, that so many people have a phone. So many people are comfortable with it and use it. So if you want to contact somebody, you use something that they have with them. They're familiar with. They're comfortable with. As opposed to suddenly appearing in front of them in a dark room, it's kind of like the way the way to go to give a message to somebody. Um, the other thing is to talk a little bit about my twisted sense of humor. There is a movie um, called White Noise.
0: Yeah, Michael Keaton.
1: Yep, uh, a long while ago. And right now, I'm visiting visiting my daughter when she was young in her room. She had a TV, and when she would leave it on when she went to sleep, and this goes. Pretty far back, uh, when she was asleep, she had seen the movie with my wife and I, and uh, she was freaked out by it. So when she was asleep, I went in there and played with the TV so that the channel went off and there was white noise on it. And then I crept out. I I crept out of the room and left it that way. So when she woke up, (laughs) there is that TV. This is like two days after seeing a movie that creeped her out, and she was young. There it is, the T V, there's the white noise. So I got my dark side too.
0: My goodness. Yeah. Well, you know. Now, one thing I gotta say about that is uh the last thing I wanna say rather is look at how, how, how much people worship their phones. You know, the the you gotta figure the phone has probably become the most Worshipped people takes everybody's attention like everybody's yeah. walking walking into traffic looking texting playing games i mean i think that there's it would go to that weird i mean if you know there's i think there's gonna be a bigger discussion with this uh with the phone being almost like you know the the magic it, it kind of live up to the magic thing and you know they would say it would say things that would kind of suck you in and rot your mind was like the things of the devil. And when you really think about it, like you get really, everybody's checking their phone. I don't care if you're a hundred years old or seven years old. As soon as you have a phone, you know, for the most part, there's like rate isn't on it all the time. I'm sure. I'm going to say that before he hits me with it. The, um, but like for the majority, everybody can say a lot. It's people are caught up in the craze and it's a huge thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, there, maybe there's a little something more to it, uh, w- with why people are so attracted to it and why it has such a, it's so important in people's lives. You know what I mean? Maybe there's a little darker uh, reasoning behind it. You know, very creepy, very creepy stuff. And with that being said, you know, we'll catch everybody next week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, of course you want to go listen to other episodes where we're, I think we got like, we're what, we're in season three now, maybe season four. And, uh, we're, we, hefty amounts of episodes, plenty of stuff on there for people to hear. You know, we got the boombastic streaming on Patreon and, uh, mostly ghostly is a, a proud, a proud, uh, podcast of the boombastic media network. And uh we don't use phones At Boombastic Media We use the Dixie Cups and the String Because we don't want any Paranormals listening on our phone Conversations, you know what I mean With that being said We'll catch all y'all On the next episode Of Mostly ghost Ghostly